Hello and welcome to the 551 Podcast. My name is Wes Berdine and uh, I'm uh, joined on the phone with Alex Schieferdecker in West Philadelphia. How are you, man? I am doing well. I, I don't think I ever get introduced first. I know. I wanted to throw things things up. And uh, you also don't ask me how I'm doing. Which you wanted to throw do. things up? Throw, th- throw things Yeah. Well, uh, this is going to be one of those podcasts where I say things that don't quite make sense. At least you didn't say when that was fairly born and raised, right? That's where I was going. Oh, it's too obvious. It's too obvious. No beatboxes. Eric Silverbrenneman. Let's call you Eric Schieferdecker. Uh, you know, <laughs> you're doing well. Some somebody Snapchat that and make that happen. I'm good. You're gonna talk Goyas in in like two minutes. Okay, so just, I, you you said ten seconds, but no, okay. you in two minutes you I get, get ten, 10 seconds. seconds. Understood. Uh, then we have Master Rodrigo Sanchez Chavaria in the house. Congratulations on uh, on finishing your uh, your MFA program. Can I get a round of applause? Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank, thank you, thank you. Yes. Um, do you now you are going to perform your entire master's thesis? Oh, okay. Hold on to your butts, listeners. All right. Uh, this will be a 17-hour podcast. It would be. I have so much stuff that I was in my thesis, especially when I write about my 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 essays. And yeah, that's that. Let's save that for for a later podcast. Whether it is nobler in the mind to suffer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, um, we are going to talk, obviously, Minnesota United uh, won. We got to sing the freaking song. Uh, but before that, I want to do the, uh, the, the roundtable random news uh, that we've got. Uh, let's start with DeMarcus Beasley, mm. uh, the man, the legend, the 78-year-old uh, <laughs> speed demon. Yeah. Uh, he's actually two months younger than me. Uh, he's, and he uh, still can beat Miguel Ibarra. The ancient. No. Yeah, yeah, Beasley. ancient. Uh, uh, <clears throat> has as much hair as me, but uh, at least I've got the beard. Um, uh, Alex Schieferdecker, why don't you give us our, our, the the um, the the eulogy to this man's career? Eulogy. I feel like Demarcus Beasley is, is the first player who I was like aware of for his entire career. Right? He like came into soccer, and I like was a kid, like loosely followed the U.S. national team, like noticed this speedy winger as an MLS. I knew he went to Europe, and it just the dude was around for forever i mean i'm i'm like nearly 30 and he is still playing yeah that's unbelievable to me and it's like it feel like he retired he retired from the national team and then he got called back in because we like needed him and it, like <laughs> and then he retired like 17 more times retired a bunch more times it felt like he was always like about to retire and then he would he came back to mls and was the best the best uh left back in the league for some years i mean it just uh, really a legend, like a kind of an underappreciated legend because he, he was never the star that, especially that some people thought he, he could be at, at first, but his longevity and his ability to contribute in so many different positions. I mean, when he got thrown in as a left back for the first time in the Azteca, and, and I think that was that zero, zero draw, mm-hmm. that was a legendary performance. The dude is the dude is one of the all time great U.S. men national team he, players. He's also one of those rare guys who his game was built on speed, mm-hmm. and um, 
you know, he adapted a little bit, but he's still freaking fast, as we always talk about how he like torched Miguel. Oh, yeah. Hashtag times. never forget. Right. But he started yeah. as a winger and he became a defender. I mean, he he yeah. he he did adapt throughout his career. Very cool. Yeah, PS he went to PSV, that was where he was big. He went to Rangers, he came back. Uh, 126 caps for the US men's national team. Four World Cups. And he's the only player I know or care about that came out of Fort Wayne, Indiana. There we go. Shout Fact. out to Manny. Um, okay, so uh, next is uh, speaking of World Cups, FIFA World Cup. The uh, the Women's World Cup is coming up this mm. summer, and uh, today the news broke that uh, fans were able to finally print their tickets, and they realized that some of them realized that their tickets that they bought for their like them and their family weren't all seated together, <laughs> and FIFA's response was, "Oh, sorry, it was in the fine print." That uh, you may not actually be together. That's all brand uh, FIFA. And then they came back and said, "Like, oops, our bad. Uh, we're going to look into this." But no, I thought they said, "If you bought a ticket and you have a child that you bought a ticket with, you will be sat next to your child." But anyone else who was like, I, I think the last tweet I saw from them was, "We're working on this." So it's it, it's still in the air. Uh, I think the blowback was large enough. That may, maybe something will happen here. Sell it. But you have to imagine it's harder to separate people than it is to just like, if you have an order, just put them together, right? Well, I mean, now it's going to yeah. be a, a shit show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, how come they don't mess up when it comes to the world, the men's world cup, right? I mean, they always seem to do something dumb and stupid when it comes to the women's world mm-hmm. cup. Like, was it last year they all pre- played on turf, right? Mm-hmm. And now this year they can't, they, they can't, they can't get the tickets least they're organizing the tickets correctly i'm like yeah, yeah. See, just again um, fifa um, shows like they don't it's apparently they don't care so. i mean the answer is that it's not a big priority for fifa yeah it's never been a big priority so um uh and then let's let's do a little bit uh well you let's do goyas how goyas uh everyone's favorite uh yeah. brazilian now Serie A team it's a dream start they they beat botafogo this past weekend uh legendary carioca club they previously beat Fluminense, another Carioca club in Maracanã. They're three and two, puts them in sixth in the table. They're in Libertadores playoff spot, which is just bananas. I couldn't have never imagined this. It's very early. It's five games only, in. Only five games <laughs> in. Say, five games in. Thinking of another club that also had a really good start. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's. I mean, I'm just Wait. hoping to stay above the line and not get relegated. It's it's amazing. But you guys they're, haven't played Internacional nor Flamengo, right? They haven't, but right now they're above Flamengo and Corinthians, which is just like, what is happening? If, if they made Libertadores, would you, would you like try to go to a game? I mean, is that how big of a deal yes. would it be? Yes, yes, I would. Um, and uh, we, we just saw on Instagram, Maximiano, uh, Minnesota United legend, uh, just signed for... It's America, Minas Gerais. The- okay. Coelho, the big, the big rabbit. Okay, the um, uh, are they Serie B? B, yep, yeah. Okay, uh, MLS roundup. Any games that stand out to you guys in particular? In particularly, one record-breaking game. Record-breaking <laughs> game. Gee, I don't know. <laughs> San Jose four, Chicago one. Amazing. Uh, Chris Wondolowski has for six months been chasing. T- trying to tie uh, Landon Donovan's uh, goal scoring record, he was at 144. Landon was at 145 when he retired, uh, and boy, did he pass that record finally! Oh, yeah. uh, Danny with, with gusto. <laughs> Danny Houston was a late scratch, and so Chris Wondolowski gets the start. He hasn't had much time this this season, and um, 
the assist goes to Francisco Calvo, who on that <laughs> first first <laughs> goal. So uh, Wondolowski scored all four of them. Uh, the first goal, it's across from Shea Salinas, and uh, and Calvo is marking Wando. And then by the time the cross comes in, Wando is eight yards, five yards away from him, and just <laughs> one touches it in. Yeah. And then... Ocean of space. Later on, uh, who's the keeper for uh, Chicago? Um, I don't know, but I don't think they'll be the keeper next week. Usted, David Usted, yeah. He uh, he catches the ball and drops it, and Wando just goes in there and kicks it down. He drops it to like, uh, basically, it was an odd, odd ball, so he kind of drops it to kind of then get another grab at it, the way keepers sometimes do. But Johnny on the spot, Fox in the box, kicks it in. Now it's now it's uh, two goals. So now he has broken the record. And then uh, the other two goals, I'm trying to think, the, um, the other two goals, basically Calvo was, I think, 50% to blame with because twice he should have been running with Wando the, the third goal, sorry. He should have been running with Wando. He stops. Wando runs past him and scores. And then the fourth one. That, that was my favorite one, that by the way. The fourth one, the, the shot goes in. Calvo doesn't follow it. So his guy runs and gets the ball, picks it up, and then crosses it over to Wando. I, I mean, and Wando it was, was wide open at a second post. Like, there is no, no body within, like, five, six feet of him. There was oh, a, it was just tapped at one time. It was beautiful. The first goal was fun to watch because, you know, one of the things that we always talked about Cowboy is that he never looks around his environment, right? And it was one of those where, like, uh, Wando went into where he was defending, and then he saw that the other the other defender, the fullback, that, the yeah. fullback that was coming back, would pick him up. So so Wando just stands in between two defenders that that were, that were saying like four or five feet of each yeah, other. Yeah, it's, it's not and like gets, and, and then and, and then and then the, and then who was it that kicked the ball in? The assist was it? Uh, Shay Shay Salinas. Yeah. Shay Salinas just splits splits them perfect, perfectly, and then just boop. Yeah, it goes in. So uh, at PDFC says watching Calvo help Wando got get the all time MLS <laughs> goal scoring record got me thinking. Could Calvo eventually set the all time MLS goal conceding oh, yeah. record? That is. <laughs> Uh, uh, Neville Eklov says, after this weekend, I might start f- watching fire games to see how bad Calvo is. Is this wrong? No, because I did. So, no, you are not yeah. wrong at all. Neville, it is, it well, actually, the, well, the game was on before uh, the Minnesota game, and so it was on the big screen at the bar. There was not a small number of people cheering <laughs> for Wondolowski. <laughs> I don't think they were necessarily cheering for Wondolowski. So, so a, a small a small tidbit that I found, uh, if anyone know who Nico Cantor is, he's... Andres Cantor's son, who's also now also a oh, I saw announcer, and uh, he tweeted out that his dad called the first ever MLS goal with, when it was back with the San Jose Clash, scored by Eric Winalda, and 23 years later, he's the one that calls the Wando's 146 goal uh, to usurp Landon Donovan. That's you know? awesome. I thought that was a pretty cool tidbit to, to find out, yeah. Uh, I just want to add one, one more thing, which is that I I started to look to see how many past Wondolowski goals Francisco Calvo has been responsible for, and I discovered that he conceded a penalty last year to San Jose that Wando converted. So add one more to uh, to Wando's uh, goal scoring. And, oh boy! Uh, um, yeah, now without just... Francisco Calvo, he would not have the record by now. 
just feels mean, but which which also, Matt Doyle pointed out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I well, I don't think uh, you know. It's very funny is how uh, I mean his respect comments went round round. Oh, did, didn't he have country. something to say after this as well? I I heard that there oh. was some. Oh, no, I, I didn't hear anything. Oh. I, I I I swear I was looking everywhere for like maybe not. Maybe he was blog quiet. Notes. Maybe maybe it was just Twitter chatter. But the, I mean, but look, the, the the joke's on us because Minnesota lost to Chicago yeah, like last week. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I mean, one of the funniest you, things Chief. to me. I don't, I don't really care. I mean, I'm trying to bring. I us think down. it was funny. I think it was funny because I don't, I don't go to Reddit a lot. But I went to the Chicago Fire Reddit thread oh. there for that day of. And if you were just to read from the beginning of the comments all the way to the end, it was just like wow. I was like getting my popcorn, and I'm just, just that popping would give the me joy. Yeah. Uh, uh, other games around the league, uh, LA Galaxy lost to the Colorado Rapids. Rapids get their first win of the season. Good job, Sammy. Did Sammy play? Yeah. He did all right? Nichols, he did. He he had a couple opportunities to score, but yeah, that was that was one of those those head-scratcher games. I was like, That's um, weird. Orlando and Nani uh, put the whopping beating on uh, FC Cincinnati. That was five. Uh, well, they needed that. Like I mean, that. they they haven't won a game like in what four Orlando? games, four or five games. Yeah, Orlando, yeah. Oh, I I, I uh, they were on, in my brain as having done so well recently. Nani's been surprisingly good for them. So I I don't I I will admit I don't follow them closely. I, can't I remember, but they, I they definitely this. have not put away whatever it was five. Um, uh, Real Salt Lake uh, beat up uh, Toronto FC, who continue to just like not be as good as they should be. Uh, anything else stand out this week? Atlanta lost. Atlanta lost. That is, uh, yeah, that is a, a good thing to, to get a little bit of joy. Uh, Christian Ramirez, uh, um, since no Minnesota players were called up into the U.S. men's national team provisional roster for the Gold Cup, Christian Ramirez is at least in there. Um, he, you know, I'd, I'd be surprised if he was in that final roster. He's been all right for LFC, LAFC, but. You know, for a team that has such a free-flowing attack, you'd think that there would be a few more numbers coming through him. But maybe it's just hard to uh, hard to really shine when you've got <laughs> when you've got Rossi and Vela and Diamandi and all these and uh, Mark Anthony K. All these people uh, doing so well. But on a team like that, is also I mean, I don't think he's played particularly well for LA. But on a team like that, part of his role is to simply draw attention that that frees up space. He he is asked to. To play unselfishly because he's got Bela behind him. That's all I have to say. About uh, that. <laughs> so, any, anything else around around the, the the soccer world we want to hit? Or um, I just wanted to mention outside of MLS, we had the uh, Champions League Women's Champions League uh, final. Uh, Olympique Lyonnais just destroyed Barcelona four to one. Three of the four goals by FIFA Women's Player of the Year Ada Hegerberg just. Had a who, si- his sixteen minute hat trick. I mean, who just won't incredible. be playing in the World Cup? <clears throat> she won't. No. I just I like totally just discovered this. Can oh yeah, you, that, can that, you give the the? I'm I'm. It goes back a year or so, yeah. uh, or at least last year. Um, it was the partly a protest for pay inequity, even though the Norwegian team did take some pretty positive steps compared to most FAs to balance that out between the men's and the women's team. But uh, you know, she she held steady. And, uh, and and there was some uh, reading between the lines. It seems like there was some uh, roster tension and decisions that she didn't like, and she's just like, you know what, I'm I'm not the coach, but these are not the <laughs> these are not the ladies I want to play with. So yikes! Yeah. I mean, that's a 
But me and you this weekend got to meet a new FA, right? We did. How cool was that? That was what? cool. What on, is this? On the football show, we had the uh, Karen Football Association. Like, we had an actual FA in studio, which I can't believe that actually happened, but it did. Uh, they're based here in, in, in St. Paul, um, the Karen people being a, a dia- diaspora ethnic group, uh, originally from Burma, but now they're all over the world. Um, and so your friend Kyle is training, coaching one of the two, and he's flying all over the place trying to find players here in the U.S., out of the country. I mean, that's right. the hardest part. They're spread out all spread over Spread out place. all over, and then they're going to – their goal is to hopefully make it – well, to get so, – To, get to the, the Konifa, Konifa, right? Exactly. Yeah, Konifa, Konifa World, World Cup. Cup. Yep. Which is the, the like, nation's not fully recognized. Exactly. Well, yeah. Independent – Football association, which is like in that. Somaliland, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah, I have no idea. What that is. It's really cool. It's really interesting that it's just kind of starting to kind of see where the the journey goes. And right. it, and and it's in these, our backyard. Yeah. A lot of these players, like I've seen them play, because a lot of them play not only with uh, at, at Como Park High School, but just around it. They in a lot of the local leagues or youth leagues, you see a lot a lot of them coming through there. So it's really it's really exciting. I'm really, really excited to see. So. Super nice guy. Looking and at, and Lele too. Shout out to Lele. She's yeah. awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Over uh, at Augsburg. Uh, so, uh, let's, oh, let's also hit, um, Minneapolis city played, uh, RSFC yeah. last Friday. Dominating performance. Uh, there. the, the, uh, lacrosse, uh, uh, team that never seems to get any points, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, but it was tense for a bit, right? I, I didn't, I wasn't there. I was oh, getting, okay. I was getting highlighted by the tweets, but I mean, once, once they got it together and just applied the pressure, I mean, it, it ended, it was goal after goal after goal, five nil. So there we go. Two yeah. two wins uh, uh, in, in to start the season. Uh, let's take a break. Let's come back and we'll talk uh, Minnesota versus Columbus. Back on the fifty five one podcast, Minnesota one, Columbus crew zero. It was great to see. Uh, a bunch of uh, Columbus fans at Blackheart before and after the game. So nice. And so cool. talk to them and, and just be like, we have a big affinity for yeah. you guys. It was much easier once you've won to say these types of things. We have a big affinity for you guys. We know what it's like to almost lose your club and talk to them about that. And they were just like, we're just happy to be here. We're like, yeah, we know that feeling. Yep. Uh, so, <laughs> Shout out uh, to Paul. Um, Miguel Ibarra starts at left back. Yeah. Uh, Ramon uh, Metnir and Bobby Shuttleworth both had weird. kids this weekend. Uh, congratulations to them. I know they're big fans of this show and they both listen a lot. Uh, I mean, their wives had kids, but yeah. Yeah, Wes. They had them too. Hey, man. <laughs> I guess. Uh, so, uh, but Ramon uh, was, you know, a question mark about the game. And the big question was like, okay, well, then what do you do with Eric Miller? Do I fuck the game? But the question was really like, okay, well, Eric Miller just didn't start. Uh, Miguel started at left back. Um, Rest of the team, uh, Kevin Molino started at left wing then, and Darwin was back in the lineup. Um, You know, let me let me first ask you guys. uh, You know, obviously, we'll we'll talk about the goal in the the second half. Um, Let me ask you then first. Uh, this question usually we'd hit later is how did Miguel do at left back? He survived. Okay. I thought he was good. I mean, he certainly wasn't bad. He did his job. He had some great stops. I remember seeing a couple of them right in front of me. Uh, I, I don't want to necessarily see him there, but it worked. I, I don't. I don't want to see him there at all. 
I mean, I think it's it's a it's a necessity. That's why it was made. But overall, I just don't what, don't, well, don't see that. Yeah. So defensively, you're saying he survived. You're saying he made some good stops. Alex, did he add much in the attack that you would wouldn't see otherwise? You know that Eric yeah. Miller wouldn't add, or you did he? Yeah, the second he had the second most shots on the team. Okay. I mean, after Quintero, who was who was just shooting on sight, Miguel had a number of great opportunities, including the one that Angelo laid off to him, and he he just sort of just missed over high and wide. Um, uh, now I I thought I thought he was fine. I mean, I, I, in the second half, Columbus put David Akam up against him, and Akam was much more of a threat than Rabinho, whoever, whoever that dude was, who was yeah. completely anonymous the entire game. I forgot he was playing, but Crappy Rabinho. That's yeah. right. he was he was not good. Uh, so Columbus have an issue there, but but when they put a com against him, and you can see why they traded for a com, right? When they put a com against him, he had a lot more to do. But well, a com's on his way to Nashville. Yeah, <laughs> well, a com was he wasn't bad. He's just I, sleeping I, I at that an that Airbnb game. in Columbus. Ugh. Ouch. No, I thought that Miguel was fine. He got involved in the attack. I mean, one of the images I remember the season of the only game I've seen live was the game in New York. And I just, Francisco Calvo was in front of me uh, for, for a half and nobody would pass him the ball. I mean, he was open a lot. He was constantly looking for long switches. He was trying to get involved in the attack and nobody was, was looking for him. And something different about this game. Maybe it was Molino in front of him, Molino wanting to drift inside all the time. Uh, but there was a lot of space for Miguel and he was pretty aggressive at taking it and players were looking for him and making, looking for his runs. I mean, he, he got involved in a, in a breakaway that involved Quintero and, and someone else. Uh, I mean, he was just aggressive, more aggressive than a normal left back. And you could see what he added in the attack. And it sort of validated, you know, the idea behind putting him out there. He did. He only attempted one pass in the final third. Um, uh, so he was the guy they were trying to pass to, yeah, not I, play through. And I think that he was he was pretty conservative as a fullback, which is good. I think that you know that he could have easily been exploited uh, if he got too greedy. I thought there were two moments where actually Rubinho almost turned him really bad. Um, he did okay. Rubinho did get off a shot that either was saved or whatever. Um, I, I I would say more on on uh, Rodrigo here that I, I think it was a little bit of survival. I think Miguel did did pretty well, but I don't want to see him there anymore. I, I I think that you know if you're gonna a diving head on sweet though, he had a badass attempt. Yeah, and, and that one one like. Rocket that Darwin put up that Miguel tried to get his head onto. Yep. Um, so then let's let's talk about the game. You know, in the first half, uh, Iguain hits the the oh, post. That scared the crap out of me. Um, I, I saw him coming, man. And yeah. He beat. I don't know if it was Gregush. It was one of the midfielders. But then he totally just spun Boxall like a pirouette. And it was. And I mean, let's be honest. His shot beat Manone too. We were just super lucky. And I saw that. He wasn't looking like at me, but I had a direct line at his face, and you know, no, he was when, looking at you. He was looking yep. at me, and yep. and 
and the the goal Watch scorer has that definitely. little twinkle. That yeah, little he spark. winked at you. He did. Well, that's why he. That's why he missed. Yeah, that's why he missed. But I can yeah. see that. Little, I can see that winked, little sparkle. He winked back, and he was like, "Whoa!" whoa. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and then he hit the post. I, I will say. So you're welcome. Uh, other than Iguain, who we know is 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 fantastic, I, I would say Columbus were terrible. That was like the attempt. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, Iguain took another uh, like two, maybe two more long shots because that that was all that was going to happen. They were not looking good. I love watching Caleb Porter suffer. Jonathan um, Mensa was their best player, so that kind of tells you where they were. Yeah, and they they did do parts of their team were were all right, keeping uh, I think Darwin at bay a little bit. Um, Darwin was was he offside for two goals? Two, yeah, and like brutally offside. Yep. Yeah. I, I had to go back and watch the highlights, and holy crap, just. I can't tell if Coleman's like header you would say was he was going... having a sandwich and like yeah, you know, having just... his little picnic. I think the first goal that was offside that he was upside at if if he would have just let that go let, let the ball go that I think that was going in. Is that Coleman's header? I think so. Yeah, yeah that's the it, first one. I, I don't think it was going in. I, I watched it a bunch again today and it's really hard to tell. Now I'm convinced it wasn't going in, but uh um I'm like ninety five percent sure it was not going uh, in. in you can in, be five percent wrong Alex. Uh, we, uh, the other the other change the other change uh we should mention is Michael Boxall um came in for Ico Parra who was injured. Um the, the the second half, it felt really familiar, and it felt like I didn't think we looked really bad in the first half, but it just things weren't quite clicking. We weren't getting shots off, um, good enough shots off. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it starts to go through the half. The game change plan isn't changing. I thought Molino and Finley were, again, really quiet. They, they, were, they were connecting a bit, but there was just... There were not enough moments for me where I felt there was a that they were really dangerous. Is that is that fair to say? Did did Molino and Finley take the goal out of the equation for Finley? Did Molino and Finley do all right in this match? And I'm being unfair. I, I think Molino, when he connected with with um, when he was on Miga's side, um, I I liked I, I liked that I liked that combination. I like to be able to have two two playmakers on like opposite sides of each other making plays and i think what what we what, what what did we start with was was uh was it like a was it a 4-4-2 no, no it's a 4-2-3-1 i think or okay. actually i think it was probably more a 4-4-2 because there were times where angelo was deeper than yeah uh than darwin, darwin. melino only uh attempted uh one pass in the final third as well just uh he was a lot deeper um than for example finley who you know, did did a lot of those kind yeah. of stay wide, put the ball in. I don't remember being, I don't know, super impressed by him, but I also don't remember like getting upset at the same time. The one that did ca- catch my eye, though, I thought had a really good match was actually Gregush. I thought he was pretty solid. Uh, he looked really calm on the ball. He had some, uh, he strung together some decent plays. Uh, I don't know. There was there was just an air of of control and uh, maturity that I guess I hadn't seen for a while. He looked, he looked good. Um, th- then then uh, I'll, let's talk about uh, uh, the goal, which is uh, a short corner. Uh, and then um, Metnir, the ball goes to Metnir. Metnir crosses in fantastically to Brent Coleman, who does it. How he gets the angle of <laughs> where that ball comes to, yeah. I don't know if he was intending to really put it back across goal. I'll he just was. say he, he was. He, he told me back in, okay. the, in the locker room. <laughs> okay. And then, and it, it's fantastic. The way he's able to get to it and get it back across goal. And then no one is covering. I think 
Finley and someone else there are unmarked on the on the far post. Yep. I think it was Kevin. Okay, and Finley puts it in, and you know uh, I've said many times uh, over the last few weeks that Finley's not done much, whatever. But now he gets to score at home against his old club, or us, the club that say. that that kind of made him, and uh, and it was a great moment for him. Obviously, it was great. It was it was great to see it. Unlike the um, DC United game, right, where it was just a a, a, a an butt cheek hair that puts it in for for uh, Rodriguez. This is a good goal Nalgas. and uh, deserved and great. We go ends up being one nil, but um, I think the narrative you know, as well with the former team and all that. I mean, and and seeing seeing um, you know, we get Metnier's amazing uh foot. That he's he's able to curl those balls in off of what like an hour and a half of sleep probably yeah yeah and we get uh, <laughs> we get Brent Coleman's uh, you know big beautiful head hitting it back cross and and uh, Finley on the spot so Creighton connection yeah Boom. I was happy to see that I think uh, I don't know I felt like Finley Finley's coming in coming in a little bit he's getting better at each game and I think I I just like the work ethic I think he's always running he's he's trying to. He hasn't, he's making, he hasn't been particularly bad. No, uh, but, for any of these games. But I, but I, like I, but like, are you saying? Would you like? I'd rather have him out there than Don Lottie. I'm just saying. Um, hmm. I'll take that. Yeah, <laughs> we can go there too. <laughs> well, well, well yeah. before we go there, I I, I I find it fascinating listening to you guys talk about the, this game because watching it from my couch, I had a very different impression. I mean, I thought we were dominant. I loved the first half. I thought that Iguain hitting the post was basically a fluke. You know, they had one counterattack. That was their only chance of the half. And I felt from the from basically that point, I, I, I thought this is this is the DC game all over again. We're gonna score a goal 70, 80 minute mark. And, you know, I, uh, you know, hindsight it worked out, but I just thought that Minnesota played really well. I thought that we were looking dangerous. What I, you know, what was interesting about the, the the sort of passing stats in the final third is that we that was the one thing we were lacking was the final pass. But we were dribbling and getting into the final third very well. And what Molino and and Finley to a greater extent than we've seen so far from him offered was directness mm-hmm. when they got on the ball. They drove at Columbus's defenders straight at them, and they they, you know, there was one play at the time when Molino, uh, pardon me, Finley, uh, you know, looked like he was going to cross, and then he cut back onto his left, uh, and, and and continued to drive at the at the Columbus defense. And you know, I, I was missing that final pass, but I was really enjoying seeing our guys going at the other team because we haven't really seen that before but Molino uh, Quintero and sometimes Finley were all aggressive in that way I guess it makes you kind of wish you know we could see if Romario could reprise that role from the beginning of the season uh, I, I mean I just imagine you know we get we get a fullback in the summer and then you put a bar there for Finley Finley comes in in the 60th minute or whatever but like start 80, 80th minute yeah likely. yeah but you've got yeah yes 87th minute um but you've got molino quintero ibarra with romario up top i mean that is just like a that's just a 
uh, eyes wide shut orgy going on. Of just <laughs> I was like gonna, I was gonna say it was weird gonna movement. Like, I don't know whose body is whose. They're just <laughs> all flowing around. Is just, this a piano key? No, I was just gonna say yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could be like speed three, right? I mean, in that sense, speed three. I, yeah, that is the like thing. The movie, the movie, yeah. I, I, I guess I only <laughs> ever saw half of speed, the oh, first wow. original. He's he's way too deep into what, eyes wide shut what, right yeah, now. Yeah, you, can't, you can't pull what it what back. What is the premise of speed three? Gotta go fast. More speed. Well, yeah. Is it on, it's on a bus again, or? Well, I don't know. It could be on a boat. I don't really care where it was. Oh I, I stopped watching after the first one, but there's like Speed Two, which was on a boat, I think, and then this could be like Speed Three, right? So I you're mean, referencing like, a movie that you is there a Speed Three? No, there's not a Speed Three. Oh, what is happening? Uh, check this out. This, this, <laughs> seriously, this, this is not a by all means a defense of Angelo. And, and a, can we can we of. revoke his degree? Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. I'm with Julie. you, Alex. It's like this movie that doesn't exist. It but doesn't. You know I said what it I'm could talking. be like Speed Three. Okay. Put, put this guy on the Daves I know, and this is the shit that happens. Um, Angelo cleared two free kicks, headed out two free kicks. I. I couldn't believe what I was seeing at that point. I, that he's was much better as a defensive, right? Uh, exactly. Defensive I, I thought his connection with, with Darwin was a little bit better this week too. I think he's also a, a bigger body, so he's got more area the, to cover. You know that's the thing that? Go ahead. That's the thing that's got to give everyone pause, right? Is that Quintero and Angelo have never really been good together. I, I mean, the attack created chances, you know, but there's. That Quintero looked better when Romario was playing, and I, that's a, a small sample size, and you know, there's not not a lot we can say for sure about it, but it's sort of concerning that we we've really never seen Quintero and and Angelo play up to their full potential together at the same time. Two quick responses to that uh, on on big body. So in the locker room, it's a different experience. You're right up there with him. He's not that big. He has a big. He has junk in the trunk for sure. But I'm, I don't know, six inches taller than him. He's not that big. He's not that tall for sure. Right, and that's he's, why he's, he's like terrible at built like a, 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 a D battery. Kind of, but uh, like but a, again, like <laughs> as close as I am to you, yeah. he didn't didn't strike me as a big guy. So you're inviting him over for a sparring meet, then? Is that what you do you're that? Doing? Oh, yeah. I would actually, I would love that. Well, it's also the butt box I mean, that scores to soccer the secret weapon. Scored. That's the that's the Street Fighter Two move. Say that again, Alex. Sorry. Well, compared to soccer players, I mean, there's, soccer players tend to be just. It's not a sport where where physicality is is quite as valuable. Right, that's true. Um, the other thing I was going to say is, it's interesting that they haven't connected, that they haven't had that chemistry, Darwin and uh, and Angelo on the field because again, post match they are just like partying, chatting up a storm. It's that fuego colombiano, and they are just like <laughs> they're tight. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's. I don't know. I don't know how to explain that. I don't know. I just, I just say I want Kevin Molino more on the field. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I think he had, he had good work ethic, and he also was connecting when Miguel was coming up to him. I think, I think he, he might have not, not, not been to a hundred percent, but at least he's, he's, he's making passes. Can, I, I like passes, him when so. he is not the guy. Yeah, yeah. When no, I think when he is not the primary chance creator, mm-hmm. but like. The guy who follows the primary chance right. creator. And, and when he's got eight games then under his belt this season, you know, when he's actually getting moving, right? We're just seeing Finley yeah. really get moving. They're coming back from big injury. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I just want to do this. Uh, I'm sorry to get really NSFW uh, on this podcast, this, but just imagine. Earmuffs. 
a left-footed Roman Metonier. If we could find another one of that guy on the left, have Roman on the right, just just imagine them it's going all up, eyes wide shut, undulating thing. back and forth. Oh my god, it's bring, like bring, bring, yeah. Bring, bring. So anyway, I'm I'm just I'm I'm very hopeful for you know, I I think. Miguel and uh, apparently Miguel and uh, Eric Miller are gonna have to hold that spot down and, and survive a bit uh, this this season. But uh, you Yellow's know, I, I think that they can do some sort of job um, as long as everyone else protects them. I, I want to talk a bit about the defense. Um, uh, Michael Boxall, as we mentioned, comes in. I thought Coleman and Boxall did a, a superb job. You know, Boxall had this very uh, the the quote uh, post game. That was, I, I think, very refreshingly. Uh, I, I don't. Know, I'll just read. I just didn't want to poop the bed tonight. Poop. <laughs> After my last outing, Boxell said, "You know, he was very uh, honest about like last time I was on the pitch for this team, I was crap. I got benched for it. I got another chance. I wanted to do well. Yeah. That is exactly what I'm looking for in my players." That's quite where, a contrast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dot, that's dot, right. Dot. Like, right. Like, if I see players uh, like they want to fight for it, they ad- you know they don't have to admit they're wrong or whatever, but they they have to like have some sort of uh, accountability, um, accountability, humility. That that yeah. kind of stuff I love. It makes me like Mox- Michael Boxall a little bit more. He seems like and a and nice I thought dude. that the I two the that. two of them did fantastically. We lose Ike, who has been our. Uh, the the cornerstone of of this uh, defense. Yeah, do we know? I mean, is this co- still concussion related situation or no, something it's a else? Knee. It's knee. Yeah, he he apparently knocked knees with somebody. That's what it, at Andy, training. Andy Andy uh, Gregor pointed out. It's been described as a knock. Yeah, yeah, which which could range anything from like a small bruise to like you know one tendon is holding his knee together and like you know a tiny <laughs> you know you a tiny that. string of that. muscle yeah, and it's just about even. to. It's just a bruise, okay? Um, Leave it there. So I, I want to... Um, T500 time. Uh, I, I, I want to kind of uh, close up the, the section on this game unless anyone else has any other observations. Dinladi did come in late. Oh, um, man. Who else uh, did we see? We saw Schuler come in yep. kind of right at the end. Um, but Dinlati, no Romario. No Romario. Yeah, Dinladi... All-time dribbling mistake right there. Oof. That yeah. was amazing. He's on a break. And uh, describe it for me, Chief. Uh, it's, I mean, uh, he just like instead of dribbling the ball forward, he just like stopped it. Oh, <laughs> and he just overran it. it. That's right. Oh, yeah. But, but like the ball stopped. Like it stopped. It stopped moving. He like he like stepped on it. He like trapped it and then continued to run. It was. Oh, that was. Yeah. What it looked like in the field is that the ball at some sort of metal, and there was a magnet right on that part of the field <laughs> where he where he just walked and the ball just stopped and he kept on going and I was like, what is that? Yeah. I mean, and because then, we won, it's very funny. Yeah, yeah. no, it yeah, is. Right. Right. Exactly. I mean, if if they had scored and tied it up, yeah. that would be everyone would be really mad about that. Well, I'm still really mad about that. Yeah, <laughs> his touch, his touch is horrible this season. I mean, like, I mean, he's never been that great, but he's never gotten consistent playing time. It's frustrating. Yeah, it is. He's so. another guy where it's just like maybe maybe getting a goal would finally just like. Getting a goal in like a couple starts in a row, but you, but yeah. you wouldn't give him a couple starts, right? In a row yeah, he's he got to earn it. Yeah, he has to earn. You know, um, let's. Uh, I, I want to talk about the games coming up. Anyone else have anything? Yeah. So we've got uh, midweek game, Hertha Berlin. Uh, do you guys know anything about Hertha Berlin season? Go just ahead, ended? tell us. Go ahead, tell us. Okay, so they finished eleventh. 
uh, I was kind of looking up their their team. I was like, who's coming? Uh, Jonathan Klinsman is uh, one of their backup goalkeepers. I imagine he will probably play a little bit in this game. Um, I wonder if Jurgen Klinsman is going to be in town. Oh, interesting. Uh, um, someone reached out to me to try to set up uh, some media with the team, and then the team never got back to me. Um, but um, I was like, oh, well, I know that Jurgen is like their American ambassador. And I was like, oh, if we could get a live podcast with Jurgen Klinsmann, that would be the shit. But did he play for them too? No, no. He was a Bayern guy. Um, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I just know his Tottenham days. That's all I care about. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but uh, uh-huh. here's a name for you. Yeah, blast from the past. Solomon Kalou oh, yeah. plays for them. Uh, he's only thirty three. Former Chelsea guy. That's how I remember him. But uh, two of the guys who who kind of stand out in their um, kind of who's scored rate ratings from this year are these two young guys, uh, a Slovakian guy named Andre Duda, who's a, they're basically their number 10. Maybe sometimes he plays in the midfield. I'm going from what the internet tells me, but he has 11 goals this season. Um, and Marko Grujic, who's a Serbian, uh, either eight or a six who has five goals. Um, they're both like 23, 24. Their, their team is pretty young, uh, which is kind of, uh, interesting. So I'm I'm kind of wondering if we can be like, you know, I, I who's mean, your second string left back? Yeah, exactly. Or does, or how can, does he feel about snow? Can we uh, get this? Uh, can we get this Marco Grusic guy to be our new uh, uh, number six and replace Ozzy Alonso? You gonna slip him a green card? Or <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, you gonna propose marriage to him? Is that what you're gonna do? Hey, there you go. You guys, Pablo, hey. calling Pablo. If it, <laughs> if it, if it, it wouldn't be the first time. I bet Gabriel for the first time. It wouldn't be the first time. So okay, I don't know what that means. Uh, anyway, oh, Herta is uh, is Wednesday. Do you guys have any thoughts on this game, or I can move to Houston? Well, I mean, we were just talking about Abu Dhanladi. That that's this is going to be a chance for him to get a half. You know, forty five minutes. It's going to be a chance for probably the guys who have been out in Madison to get. Get a half. Colin Martin is back from Hartford. Okay. Colin Martin is back match. from Hartford. Yep. Really hoping we'll see Dane St. Clair for, for some time. Well, that would be exciting. Yeah, because Bobby's injured, so you'd imagine we'd see Dane. I mean, we're told that basically starters will get a half. I hope that Roman uh, Metnir doesn't have to play at all. Uh, dude should actually get some time with his family. Um, uh, but we don't have any fullbacks because Casper... Uh, Casper the Friendly Ghost is injured. Carter Manley, I think, is injured. Um, mm, is he? I think he's. I think he's back. Bo- both of I them were at there. least listed as questionable last week. So, oh, okay. um, and uh, and then you've got, you know, I guess Eric Miller obviously is going to play, but you don't have too many more options there. You think Homario goes up top then? I think we see him a little bit. I yeah. mean, look, there's nothing we can glean from this game because Romario, not Homario. Yeah, no. how dare I? I was, but everybody at home drink. We got to mention. Uh, um, yeah, I, I don't think we'll be able to glean anything from this, but it'll be. It's fun to just see these guys in action, uh, just to cheer them for the first time. Yeah, uh, well, cool. You know, for, this is for, the first time we've ever had a Bundesliga team come to Minnesota yeah. too, so that's pretty dope. Yeah, way cooler than the Aston Villa game. I'm not. I don't have really any. <laughs> interest in that. I know. Although but, Aston Villa may be in the in the Premier League. 
Oh, right, they're in man. the. They're in the. Uh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. They may, they're in the uh, the playoffs. They are. The final yeah. playoff final. Yeah, so. we, uh, which is um, that game is uh, Memorial Day Monday, nine a.m. I'm opening up the bar for that game, so people should come watch it. I opened up. Someone um, messaged me on Twitter. I said, hey, I took the day off from work. Are you showing any games? Uh, this was Friday. And I was like, uh, Charlton versus uh, Doncaster, League One uh, semifinal. And then like, I opened up and like four people, you know, it was like just <laughs> us watching this game. And it was killer. It was such a fun game. All of these, all of those league playoffs are so fun. Nice. Uh, and so, yeah, this will be Aston Villa versus Derby. So you've got John Terry, assistant coach versus Feta Frank Lampard. Um I don't. I don't know when the uh, um, Charlton versus Sunderland playoff is, but that's coming up as well for League One because you guys really care about League One. I know. So this is for the last spot to move up to Premier League because the yeah. other two are yeah. solid. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it just it makes sense for for Minnesota. I mean, there's going to be a huge difference in quality between an Aston Villa team that wins this game and an Aston Villa team that loses this game mm. when we see them. Yeah. Um, and John Terry's coming to town, so we can have some anti-fa, anti-racism. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, wow. Storm, storm right. the field. This weekend, okay. uh, we play against Houston, who have been high-flying this season. I've said many times, I think Will, uh, um, uh, William Cabrera is a fantastic coach, extremely underrated. They've got uh, Elise. They've got, what's the dude with the R name? Shit. R- Kyoto. Kyoto, yeah, Romelo Kyoto. Sorry, um, Mara Manotas. Yeah, they've got a great team right now. They've got DeMarcus Beasley, uh, and but they, you know, they've only won three of their last five, uh, which is still pretty damn good. They have always been bad on the road, like not against us. Last, yeah, I know, not against us, but the last couple of years they've always been bad on the road. So, just be interesting to see if that that is the case this year as well. Yeah, so so that'll be. I, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts about that game. Uh, feels to me like, uh, you know, we, we've it'll be a tough. I think uh, it's gonna be a great match. One of our it's toughest uh, home games so far. But I guess we did play Seattle. We played DC United. So Manotas is fun to watch. He's never really left my fantasy. I mean, he always yeah. seems like he's scoring, and hopefully he doesn't on Saturday. But uh, yeah, back and forth. Hopefully, uh, a lot of action. Okay. Let's uh, take a break, and we've got Twitter questions. All right, Twitter question time. My name is Wes. I've got Eric, Rodrigo, Alex with me. Space Dandy Sasha says, MLS Power Rankings. He wants our MLS Power Rankings. He says, will Houston get the Supporters' Shield this year? No. What are they putting uh, those Philly cheesesteaks? What are they putting on those Philly cheesesteaks that the Union are eating? Wouldn't it suck if you played in the EPL or Bundesliga and missed once? One question at a time, Sasha. So I'm not going to ask you for your MLS power rankings, but maybe we can uh, come together with basically the top top five uh, uh, greats right now. LAFC have to be at top of that list. Sure. Yep. They are running away with the, the league. Alex, do you have any uh, nominees for for who... You know? I think that the one and the two, uh, LA and then Seattle, are pretty obvious. Yeah, I think that afterwards, it's a little bit of a muddle. But. Um, in, in terms of... Uh, maybe I'll just ask you this, Alex, in, in, in this <clears> way. <throat> who are the other three teams that you do not want 
to face that or that you are most afraid of us facing, which is a different way to ask mm-hmm. this question. But I don't know. I, I don't know. I I I just it it feels like L.A. and Seattle are more like MLS proof than the other teams, whereas all these other teams, you know, on any given day they could they could lose badly, they could win decisively. It's hard to say. I think that Philly has something good going, um, but I don't. You know, I I think it's impossible to trust the Union after all the years of of bad teams they've had. Um, uh, I do see. think Houston have a great chance to, to become great. And yeah. I think that Dallas have a good chance to become great, but I, they're both too inconsistent. Uh, I mean, I, I'd say if you just look at the standings, you, you've got basically um, the, the top six are LA, Seattle, uh, Houston, then in the East, Philly, DC, Montreal, um, yeah, East is wild this uh, year. Yeah, it is wild. It, Atlanta, who we, we uh, thought had this terrible start, five they're, game win they're in fourth. They have a better PP uh, points per game than us. Uh, five I mean, game I, win streak undefeated, in fact. I'd say that Philly are, are uh, still... Wait, clean sheet, lost, clean sheet. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying, you know, yeah. Red Bulls beat them, so... Before that one. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I would say the, the fact that there's three teams in uh, the West that have uh, over two point, uh, who have at least two points per game is, is kind of insane. Um, so somewhere in there was an answer to your question, Sasha. Who did I don't, LA lose to? Nominees. I don't, I don't want to play Philly. I don't want to play Atlanta. And I don't want to play uh, Houston. Those are, those are the three teams I don't want to play. Your friend Dan. Uh, Vancouver. That's right. I don't know which, which of our friends, Dan. But um, he says, we all know Ibarra is perfect in every way. But do you think he can handle the left back duties full time against teams that know how to score? We've already talked about him, but th- this way. But what, I'll change this question to ask: What is the type of right winger, right you know midfielder uh, that would scare you the most? The the speed demon who's going to go on uh, on the wing, the kind of uh, yeah, I don't I don't know who. Mm, I think Barco would take him. In in what way? In why? Why? Do you have any thoughts? Just Barco. Barco's skill and movement, and he's he's playing more centrally, isn't he? Mm-hmm. But still, I mean, I think if he takes it down the wing and he happens to be on that wing, um, if I mean, if if Beasley can outrun him. Oh uh, crap! Would they line up together if, if Miguel is not playing? No, 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 no. Because um, Beasley plays on the left That's as well. So, but um, uh, Alberto at least uh, at least on paper plays that that right wing. <clears throat> so the question is, would would uh, at least uh, you know make trouble for him? Uh, I, I I think I I don't know. I I think where I'm most afraid for for Miguel are these kind of. Uh, tight one-on-one moments where it's much different doing one-on-ones in the midfield than in the defense. There's just a lot more, um, you just have to just play that, play it a lot more safe. And, and yeah, so I'm, you I'd just be, have to be really patient and make sure you keep the ball and the defender in front of you. Um, Aaron Jorich or Jorich, sorry, I, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Uh, are the DPs actually DP caliber? Uh, is there any talk of using uh, Tam Gam spam to buy down long time tr- contracts and bring in another DP. Um, I th- 
I'll, an, right? I'll answer the second question. You guys can sure. uh, think about the first one. Um, I, I don't know. There is always talk about that, but I think the the real question is, how is the team doing? Going to do this season? I think if we go into this international break and we're looking like. You know, we get, I think if we get two wins here, right? Houston, and I forget who's right after that. It's a good team. If the if the ownership is looking at that, it's always going to be about when can we make a smart gamble, right? If we were in the shitter right now, of course, they're not going to spend money for another DP this year. You know, that wouldn't make sense. Um, so, but if, if there's some encouragement there, it's like, yeah, we can do this. We could get a fourth spot this year or, or you know, maybe a third spot, which you know, maybe is, is, is unrealistic. Um, I think that that's when you'll see more DPs come in. We may get another kind of Angelo-level DP, which is just, the, the name, I think, is more of a hindrance at this point. But let me ask you. I'll go to you, Eric, here. Um, are the DPs DP calibered? Are are Angelo, Darwin, and Gregoosh living up to what you would imagine the DP should do for, for Minnesota? Simple answer, no. Um, what do you want a DP to do then? What, what, what does that category do for you? I mean, what I saw with Gregoosh specifically this last match, I mean, it was probably his, one of his better matches. I mean, he didn't score, but... There was a calm, and like I said, there was a control uh, that I hadn't really seen. Uh, seemed like he was communicating very well with Ozzy, with the defense, linking up uh, with Finley quite a bit. I mean, he just had a really solid match. And, I mean, we need we need a 10 is what we really need, right? We need somebody really commanding the midfield and also helping in the attack. But, until but, but why, is not, why is Darwin not doing that? Because he's just having a bad season? But last I mean, year, that's a great last year he was certainly living up to DP. Yeah, right? what I was going to say was Gregush was kind of taking that mantle on a little bit in this match. Like it, it from what I could see, he was vocal and he was making those connections and trying to, you know, uh, put the pieces of the puzzle together like a ten would. Uh, why is Darwin not doing it? Is is a good question. Um, I heard a lot of talk of lazy and sluggish, and I don't know if it's an injury situation. Uh, I mean, he's mostly only scored PKs. Um, we, we, I don't want to belittle the Angelo thing. We talk about Angelo a lot. And honestly, he didn't have a bad match. Uh, but, but no, I mean, for the money these guys are getting, I want to see, I want to see that spark of, you know, the star that, that we want, that would, that we would like to see. Alex? Met- Metonair, who is not, yeah, the yeah, DP, not a DP, is yeah. the DP. I mean, he's yeah. probably the best signing we've had. Yeah. Alex? Yeah, I kind of, I think it was Sam Stashkel who had a piece about how there are really two different types of DPs in the league. There are like the DPs that the sort of the tag was created for, you know, players, maybe not with Beckham's name, but of that kind of ability. And then there are DPs who are sort of DPs for convoluted MLS cap reasons. And, uh, you know, we, we have one of one of the former and two of the latter. Um, Darwin. Darwin being the Beckham style. Yeah, the other yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I, I agree with you. I think the tag is kind of – I think the tag is, is starting to outlive its usefulness. And it, for certain players, you know, like Jesse's artist just got a DP contract. I mean, I don't think there's anyone – who thinks that he is a quote-unquote DP caliber player, but it made cap sense for Columbus to give him that contract in that way. 
and so they're going to, you know, sort of he continue that continue that charade and, and, and for as long as they need to. I just I think that they, I think that we focus on that tag a little bit too much. Um, I, I'm not too concerned about it. Do uh, I've got an Angelo question or I've got a Molino question? Are we, are we done with talking Angelo? I think so. I feel like we talk about yeah. the same. So um, Josh Iha uh, says. How good is having Molino back to form? And has Heath learned the error of his ways? He used all three subs proactively. So let's start with Molino a bit. Like, we t- well, I guess we said, do we have anything to add on that or just go to the second part of that question? I mean, he can be a really dangerous player in the right situation. Uh, and I think that the la- I think that the last game was was pretty close to the right situation for him. Yeah, and I guess I would say that he's not even near form yet, which is not a knock on him. But I, I, I think that, like I said, I think that I'm excited to see him in uh, July, in mm-hmm. you know, uh, in August. Um, we we won't until the end of the season really get to see him going. But you know, the he'll whole, be at the Gold Cup too, so yeah, that's an added wrinkle. Um, the 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 second part of that is he used all three subs proactively. Do, uh, do you agree with that? I mean, he used subs in the Chicago game, and that didn't really work at all. So, <laughs> I mean, so I, I mean, his his substitution has not has has it been better than previous years? Um, I would say this is like, yeah, go ahead. The sub thing isn't is sort of an it's like a little bit like um, I don't know, like a bullpen management or something in, in baseball. Like it's it's sort of it's just something that's very easy to to focus on because it's yeah. sort of obvious and and. I, I, it does kind of bother me when we don't use all three subs, but it's not really why we're winning or losing. Uh, It's rare that I'm like, oh, you know, the substitutions we made or didn't make were the result of the game. Like that determined the result. Let me give one of you guys, since um, Heath loves to clap back at the the amazingly negative press that we have here. Um, Let me give one of you a chance to be, uh, to, to clap back for Heath. Um, and say like, I have you know this was another game I mentioned like Seattle where I'm watching and I'm thinking, or no DC United right? It's not working. We're you know we're we're dominant whatever, but we don't. It, there's no cutting edge here. Come on, we need something here. And I'm looking down and I'm thinking, oh, you know who would help change this? X Y Z. You know, put uh put Eric Miller in, push uh, uh Miguel Ibarra up. He did that actually, but like. He has Heath has more patience in the plan that he set out, and in those two games we got the goal. Maybe maybe the DC game we were just extremely lucky, but the plan I guess worked. So does one of you want to uh, to say, "Well, we knew I had the plan. We do it." Oh, what did I do? That was not even an accent. Oof. Oh my god! Oh, you were I'm just gonna have stuffy. to delete the whole podcast now, guys. <laughs> Sorry, it was like a stuffy nose thing. Hello, welcome to the fifty-five-one podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you are not Westbrook. Take, take three. Well, we had to plan the whole time. Uh, yeah, I'll just do it in my normal accent. Yeah, I, I mean, it, if it, it only takes one breakthrough opportunity, right? So, so if they are creating these sort of good positions for themselves, even if they're not making that final pass or connecting on that shot, if they are creating good positions within the game, 
it's hard to break that up necessarily, unless there's someone who's obviously tiring or injured because, you know, you don't want to take out the, the sort of piece that that's making it all happen. I mean, I, I've been sort of kind of vocal in the, in the previous weeks about how, <clears throat> you know, I think that we've been starting games with a lineup that doesn't have that cutting edge. And then the sort of trend has been at like the, between the 70th, 80th minute, we sub in three guys all of whom are trying to score, and suddenly we're missing the kind of connective tissue that that makes them effective. I thought that this game we started off in a balanced way, and I enjoyed the fact that we basically, throughout the game, continued to play with a pretty balanced attack. And and uh, maybe this is maybe there. The, so I guess what maybe you were saying is that there is a case for the the kind of expected goals. Thing of like, hey, if you're creating these chances, they will eventually happen. Our expected goals in this, by the way, were 1.482. Columbus Crew had 0.14. Ouch. Not was, only one of those was inside the box. We were dominant. Yeah. I mean, we 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 really controlled that game. Yeah. When did the Miller one happen? I can't remember. Was it like 80-something? Miller had? When, when Miller entered. Oh, oh, uh, I don't... Because uh, some... the fact that there was like a tactical shift, even if it was only for like Yeah, Miller, that, was the, that was the 79th. So, so, okay, yeah. 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. That, that was something. I was actually kind of amazed that, you know, there was Miguel got to move up and... Oh, well, I mean, when Schuler came in, you knew it was it was not about creating right, more chances. Lockdown. It was about to start a lockdown, and that's when you, you, br- you brought in Miller to be able to solidify that aspect of it. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that... But, I mean, like... like Substitution wise, I mean, I think if you if you bring it in someone, it has to be someone who gives you a good chance of of creating a good offensive offensive opportunity. And I think every time Dunlady has gotten a chance, he he he's not been able to make that connection. Right? He's not the Dunlady of of um, last season where he was like the super sub. Right? He would come in and 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 somehow he he makes something happen. So. So whatever is that's missing from last year to this year, besides playing time, um, I'm I'm hoping that he gets to figure that out, or else um, his time is very limited. Let me uh, finish off on this question from Connor. Uh, he says, "Best soccer moment of the Loon season, in your opinion?" Uh, I'm gonna take away. No one's allowed to say singing Wonderwall for the first time. Mm. I mean, the three zero win against San Jose in the second week was pretty pretty yeah. great. Okay, is that give me a better moment, or specific like a single moment? And I'm going to say the the first yeah. one that comes to mind uh, uh, is the Ozzy Alonso goal, right? Because it was such a stellar goal, and it was the goal to op- to to basically christen the stadium. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's pretty good. This will be silly, but how about that Calvo diving header goal? You're fired, against Vancouver. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I actually forgot it. Maybe it's just I like PTSD. I that I mean, I mean, I mean. To me, I think, I think it was the best goal we scored this year. Okay, I think for me personally, I think since uh, I, you know our household is big fans of Ethan, to having him finally score one uh, off the Creighton and the Minnesota connection, I think that was special for me. Just to be able to have to see two people who you know come from the state were able to create that opportunity and were able to. To, to connect and, and, and give us the win. So I thought that was that's special so far. Yeah. I don't know about single moment. I just, the revelation that is Homa Metaner has been so awesome from yeah. the get-go. I just, 
I really, really enjoy watching him play. The, the, and he really wanted to get a goal this this this, yeah. this game. Yep. And I was and I turned I turned, to, I turned to Issa so watch. He had a couple blasts. He got a couple blasts, and I turned to Issa watch, and I go, "If he scores, I hope he does the bebeto." Yes! Oh yeah. Oh he, yeah. He was. I'm actually surprised Finley didn't do it with him. Yeah. yeah. Freaking Finley. Uh, <laughs> no, I I I, I'll, uh, I will also say I don't know if you saw that we uh, we put up a new because uh, the 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 first Ibsen candle. Uh, got toward its end, so we put up a new Saint candle, Saint Jerry. Mm. Did you see that? No, bar? I did not. Yeah, I yeah. so I we lit Saint Jerry. So Saint Jerry's undefeated. Right. Saint Jerry only has three points to his name. So uh, there we go. And then also Dave Martin from the Dave's I Know and I did our uh, our uh, obligatory Tiny Dancer duet. I think um, every every every. Game, home game. I think the best thing to go is go straight to the black card. I mean, I was there for it. It was just a lot of fun. Uh, but it's always funner when you win. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, yeah. There was, a, there was a moment during Tiny Dancer where um, uh, David reprised his, I'm going to go to the piano and play for the rest of it and play along to this. And the um, the the woman, Dana, who, who does the karaoke, she wasn't there the last time. She kind of went to like stop him. She was like, what are you doing? And I was like, no. Just let him do it. Let him go, and he then he puts opens up the Steinway and starts playing along. Uh, this week, I'll, I'll say the U twenty uh, World Cup is happening this week, uh, one thirty, I believe, on Friday. I'm going to open up the bar for the first U uh, twenty game uh, of that tournament for the first U S game of that tournament, um, and then uh, yeah, there's there's other things going on, like for example, Wednesday night. Uh, there's Hertha Berlin pregame and postgame, and then uh, Saturday night uh, pregame and postgame uh, at, at the bar. So also that Wednesday night is it's Isa Watch's birthday. So oh, oh right. happy birthday, yeah. Isa Watch! Uh, yeah, eight, so she's uh, so she will be. It's really funny because her coach said to her, "I was like, I know it's your birthday, so if you decide to come, you don't have to do uh, the uh, conditioning training, but you get to pick out what are the other." other uh, activities that we get to do. So she, she's actually considering going to practice on her birthday, which is Trooper. which is something that I wouldn't be doing. I'd be like, oh, it's my birthday. I'll take it off. So so that's good. She did do she did some write some notes. So I don't know if you guys want me okay. to read them or not. Hit, them. So. Hit the greatest hits. Um, let's see. Uh, Metanier, he also played super well. He, his help was necessary. And she says, he's a new papa. Oh, yeah. So um, with the uh, what's what's a notorious B.I.G. song, uh, Big Papa, Little Papa, there you go. You're so uh, you could tell he really wanted a goal, and so he's he's really excited. Uh, note on Boxall is um, you could you could tell he was really trying to prove himself, but you actually actually admit that he actually played decently, and she said, "Oh my gosh, she's actually stepping up to the ball." <laughs> so. Uh, so for um, for um, Coleman, he said his assist. That's it. That's the tweet. That's pretty much all she said. Um, and yeah, overall she was content with the uh, with 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 the way the game went. Uh, says she uh, got really excited when when he uh, when Kevin started. I know you were too, so you played so well, even though he couldn't go all ninety minutes. I still stand by what I'm saying. So and Finley, his goal. That's it. That's all I have to say. So. Uh, the final note I'll say is uh, Sunday morning I'll open up the bar at nine for Charlton versus uh, Sunderland. I know there's a lot of Charlton fans out there. 
Come on, you A's. I think they're called. Um, We're gonna bring all the Peruvians in June. Uh, and then, and then, ten thirty a.m. that morning is uh, is uh, women, uh, U.S. women versus Mexico. Yeah, as I say, we got Women's so, World Cup and yeah. Copa America like yeah. knocking at the door and Gold, Gold Cup. And, Gold all, Gold and the, all three have the final on the same day. Of Basically, the do. morning is like because I think it's middle finger to FIFA, middle finger to FIFA, middle finger to FIFA. Ten a.m. is the or ten nine or ten a.m. is the World Cup final. The Copa America finals at two p.m. And then the Gold Cup final is at 8 p.m. It's oh, like my fucking perfect. Number. Yep, just <laughs> just it's a. It's you a better have a food truck at your yeah. bar. That's all I'm saying. Oh my god, we had to make habaneros go home this week. It's a whole long story. We'll have food trucks eventually. It's really stupid. It's driving me crazy. <laughs> Bureaucracy, Drive man. Me crazy. All right. Anyway, thank you, everyone. I will see you all uh, sometime soon, or just you know, I won't see you until Saturday, right? All right. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.